1: This is God's truth in action. Welcome to Engaging Truth. I'm your host, Bill Pruitt. Uh, the focus of this month's programs on uh, Engaging Truth is the medical profession, a vital element of our so- social support system, and is an extension of God's work as the great physician. Today, we're privileged to have with us Tabitha Gaines, RN, who certainly currently serves as the nurse manager at Cypress Creek Hospital in Houston. Tabitha, welcome to Engaging Truth. Thank you. T- uh, take a minute or two to tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where you're working and and basically how you got into the nursing profession.
0: Um, I've always wanted to be a nurse as a child. My parents said that I would say I was going to be a nun and a nurse. Um, I was raised Catholic. Um, I've always I think I was born a nurse. So I've always taken care of everyone in my life. If that makes sense. Um, but becoming a nurse was definitely my passion. I always want to help.
1: That's great. Are there other other members of your family in the nursing profession or the medical profession? Or are you? Uh,
0: my sister is uh, in the medical profession, but she, from the lab point of view. Okay.
1: And you've been at uh, at, at Cypress Creek now for how long?
0: Uh, five years, but I've been with the company UHS for nine.
1: Nine years, and before that, uh, pre- previous nursing experience. Uh...
0: I used to work forensics. Um, I actually became a nurse while I was in Florida, and the company I worked for asked me and my husband to come over here and help transition a new facility that was an incompetent to proceed facility.
1: Very good. So was it uh, sort of a, I know that one of the largest uh, suppliers of, of mental health services, I know in the state of Texas and probably nationwide is is law enforcement i know, i know that that there is there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, of that sort of treatment that that goes on um, but how does that different from from the private practice world
0: Um, Incompetent, when they're at a forensic facility, they are sent by a judge. They have committed, or I'm sorry, they have been accused of a crime, um, and they have to be found competent to proceed before they can actually be charged. So they get sent to a facility like that to find out either to restore their competency or find out if they are competent to proceed or find them not competent then that probably
1: calls into question or calls in, I wouldn't say calls into question, but, but causes a nurse to rely on that, that compassion piece of the nursing, that, that, uh, that sort of dignity chunk that we always think about nurses uh, practicing to maintain patient dignity wherever possible. Um, is, is that a big, would you say that's a big component of what you do?
0: Um, absolutely, I work in acute care now, where uh, patients seek help on their own. Um, I actually left forensics because, like you said, I you have to be non-judgmental, um, and I found myself becoming judgmental of the people I, were, I was taking care of. So I left that type of uh, nursing.
1: Okay and is it is it a different different sort of population in in general with the uh, with those who are essentially self committed as opposed to those that are sent by law enforcement agencies
0: um yes sir i mean in the hospital i work in we still have uh people that are sent by Uh, law enforcement, but they're still, they're not here long-term. They're sent here by law enforcement because maybe a family member or um, has, you know, called and said that they needed help, and they are committed to us for a very short amount of time just to get, um, like, stabilization. But in the forensic sector, um, they they can be there for a very long time, and I never read their legal, so I could stay uh, up uh, impartial um and not be judgmental, but it became there, it came a time that I couldn't avoid it. And I was dealing with a population that I really did not like. Um we were getting a lot more sex offenders, and it was is it was getting harder and harder for me to be uh, non-judgmental and compassionate.
1: No, oh, very good. I can understand that we did some some prison ministry work. As as part of engaging truth, a few years back, and uh, it was always interesting to go back and see this. This was a group of people who were uh, became qualified to join a prison seminary and actually study for the ministry while they were in prison. And it became um, difficult—not not not necessarily difficult, but it became. uh, uh, We were always inquisitive as to what their background was and where, where they got there and, and, and essentially what they were up against when they made that transition. So I can understand your, uh, your, your reluctance there. Um, as I was doing my research on the, on the nursing profession as a whole, I ran across something called the, the five C's of nurses uh, nursing. Uh, those are, uh, according to, to what I read, commitment, conscience, competence, compassion, and confidence. Can you talk a little bit about some of those uh, some of those attributes and how they help in a nursing setting?
0: Um, I would say commitment starts from applying to a nursing program. The nursing program is a very, um, for lack of words, abusive program. Um, and you have to be committed to make it through that program to be a nurse. You yeah. um, have to commit just even your time. I, I, I would have to schedule all of my time. Um, From reading to doing housework, to taking care of my children and my husband, to studying. Um, So there's definitely commitment in it. Um, I'm sorry, what was the next one? Uh, uh,
1: Conscience?
0: Um, Conscience, I would say... uh, is a big part of it because we're taught in nursing school not to put ourselves into our care. So going back to not being judgmental, um, not uh, putting our political religious or moral uh, beliefs in our care when taking care of people, because we could go from taking care of a pastor to taking care of an atheist. Um, So uh, being conscious of who we are um, and, um, of our own feelings they tell us to check ourselves first before you know we we uh, step into the caring role of the patient
1: okay. and of course competence that would would speak to the training i know that that nurses have a a fairly rigorous training program that they go through to become a nurse and then there are certain testing that has to go on do you have a, a regular and I, and i i would guess that there's probably a fairly a uh, fairly strong sense of regulation of what you do in those hospitals
0: Absolutely, absolutely. We are governed by federal and state.
1: Okay. And
0: we have an audit every year by the Joint Commission. They come in and they audit you from top to bottom, you know, to make sure that you're within the law and that you're not uh, putting anyone's life at risk.
1: Okay, that's good. Uh, Compassion, of course, we talked about, and uh, it's been said, I believe, that uh, of, of the medical profession that doctors, uh, treat illness and nation, uh, nurses treat patients? Is that is that where the compassion pe- pe- uh, piece, piece fits uh, in? I'm sorry.
0: We love to say that, that doctors treat the disease and we treat the patient. Um, I don't see how you could be a nurse without compassion. Um, it is not an easy job. It is a uh, mentally, um, yeah. physically and spiritually demanding job. Um, you have to have compassion for other people. I work in psych. Yeah. Um, so, I definitely have to have compassion and empathy for the people that I treat. Um, you, you
1: talked a little bit about treating patients with respect and dignity, uh, no matter the type of severity of their injury and illness, and, and the challenge that you met in the, uh, in the law enforcement side or forensic side of the, of the operation. Um, can you talk a little bit about the difference between psych Uh, and other specialties of nursing and and what that entails?
0: Uh, Yes, sir. I would say, um, so in my professional belief, uh, mentally ill patients are the most mistreated and undertreated of the sick. Um, It has the biggest stigmatism on their illnesses. We don't fault people for having a cardiac issue, but we fault them for having a mental health issue. Um, so that we're supposed to treat a person as a whole, not a sum of parts, but we still treat the mentally ill patients as parts of the whole, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, oh, it does. And a, a lot of people don't seek help because of the stigmatism. Mm. And unfortunately, Texas um, is not a great state for resources. There's not enough resources to treat the mentally ill.
1: And it's mostly falls, I think that's why it probably falls to law enforcement agencies to provide that sort of safety net. Uh, uh, my my daughter is an is a nurse, and I think you probably you you probably work together and know her. And she's talks to me a lot about, you know, I, I talk about the people you see on the street corner who are there either panhandling or or whatever. and she said those those people aren't really the kind of people we serve in a psych hospital because, that's not the that's not the people that come for the, our kinds of service right.
0: Right. right i yes i used to work with your daughter and i have to say that uh uh she's probably one of the best psych like, nurses i've ever worked with in my career
1: thank you for that, that that's that's good You're- to hear she's it i know that to be in that and and i i respect you very much for your uh your uh profession and, and your uh devotion to it that um it, that's probably the most difficult aspect of of nursing that i've i've experienced i know there are certainly ri- certain rigors that become uh that come with being a, an er nurse and that kind of stuff but i think it takes a very special kind of person to to check those those biases at the at the door when you're dealing with uh with with psych patients so i, I applaud you I, for that go ahead. i'm sorry let's go ahead
0: Um, I like to tell my patients that there's no difference between us and them because we're all one day away from needing professional help. We're all one crisis away from needing to, for someone else to step in and help us. Um, The difference between us and non-psych is, um, and another thing we say to other nurses is that uh, you whenever a nurse says, oh, I can't do psych. You do psych every day. It doesn't matter what area you're in if you're treating a patient as a whole that and their families then you're treating their psych issues too you're treating people probably on the worst day of their life so that affects them mentally yeah
1: yeah I can understand that that aspect of it and you never really think of it that way because you never you don't think of a of a psych patient as being or of a regular patient as needing psychiatric care under those circumstances, but that is has got to be any sort of a, a large uh, component of any sort of trauma.
0: Yes, sir, absolutely. I would think. I would
1: think. Okay. Can Can you give me a little bit of a your sense of the of the state of uh, mental health care as a whole in and around the Houston area?
0: Um, I did a research recently, um, and the only state worse than us in um, available resources is Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So Mississippi, we're, all the other states are uh, uh, are better at giving resources, and we're not. We do not have enough beds to treat. And, and, you know, you hear about crime and you hear about school shootings. If we gave more to mental health resources, I believe that we would see a huge decrease in crime and things like school shootings and violence.
1: Let me, get, let me get back to that in just a moment. Right now, I'd like to take a minute to uh, talk a little bit about Evangelical Life Ministries and these Engaging Truth programs. They're all supported by gifts from individual donors and grants from charitable foundations. And our on-air staff and board members serve in a voluntary capacity without any sort of compensation. We're inviting you to help support our ministry with your prayers and donations. If you'd like to contact us, please contact us at Post Office Box 568 cypress Texas 77410 by mail or you can visit our website at elmhouston.org or you can find us on Facebook at evangelical life ministries um w- one of the things we talked about is the um the lack of resources on a on a on a statewide basis and you're currently working now with a with a private hospital um it are there resources available? Or are there or, are there um, numerous resources available, or or people that people can contact if they have problems on a public sector kind of? Uh... Oh yes,
0: sir. There's plenty. There's NAMI national lines for mental illness. The problem is the stigmatism prevents people from seeking the help. Okay. If for so... help, it would put more of a demand on the need for resources.
1: So people are actually reluctant to to contact these organizations or agencies. And I know that I know that in in, at least in Harris County and probably in Galveston County and some of the other ones, there are actual mental health deputies that are uh, assigned that particular task uh, by the the Harris County Sheriff and and some of the other sheriff uh, sheriff agencies. Um, How do they how do they fit into this uh, overall service role?
0: Um, yes, that has been happening and it actually has really, uh, supported us. It's more of like a collaborative effort now, um, when they're out in the field and they meet someone who maybe is, you know, was called, the police were called because they were disorderly. They're trained now to recognize maybe symptoms and signs of mental illness and a crisis. And instead of just locking them up in a jail, they help them find a place like us.
1: Okay. And you, you can, you're, 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 particular facility uh, can be a, a referral spot for somebody who who finds themselves in that in that situation yes, if it's if it's not severe enough to warrant uh incarceration or or some some of that that sort of thing yes.
0: Okay. They can even also bring them here just for an evaluation, and we can guide them in the direction they need. Maybe they just need, you know, an outpatient program, or maybe they just need to follow up with a psychiatrist. Um, just because they're brought to us does not mean that they will be, you know, uh, they will have to stay. It all depends on their needs.
1: Okay. Could you describe a typical day for us in your in your occupation? I mean, um, having chairs thrown at you and that, that sort of <laughs>
0: Certainly. I have. Um, every day is different. I think that's also why I love psych. It's not the same. It's it's, it's always different. Um, I, I meet some of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life through patients. I, I've met some of the, the most brilliant people I have ever met in my life uh, through psych. I, no day is the same from the day before. You know, we, of course, as nurses, we have duties to, you know, Take care of our patients and do certain things for our patients, but in psych, every day is different,
1: okay. you know. Right. Um, recidivism: Do you find yourself seeing the same patients in and out of these uh, facilities on a regular basis? Is there a is there is there a, a cycle, if you will, of, of these these sorts of things?
0: Um, I would say in psych there's more of a, uh, a cycle more than any other area of health because our patients, a lot of times, there's because of a lack of education, families get, you know, uh, worn out helping them and then they turn their backs on them. So it's it's an endless cycle. It's a reviving door. I know a lot of the patients in this area, especially. Um, so they, and they go from hospital to hospital seeking help. So it's easy to get to know the patients of the community.
1: And you say there's like almost like a circuit of, of, of several hospitals that, that people can, can, can seek. I know there's probably, is it, how, how many facilities like yours would you say there are in, in the Houston area?
0: I would say approximately just in Houston, I think there's six.
1: Okay, so it's less than and a dozen that are that are actually uh, actually qualified and and equipped, if you will, to handle the kind of patients we're talking about. And the demand, I know, is much more than that. My my daughter had worked for a while at uh, at Ben Taub at their uh, at their unit there, and I understand that they they're probably busier than most and they, they do a lot of the referrals to other other hospitals and places. Um, we have a
0: very good relationship with Ben, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine. um And now,
1: a lot of people are, are running into, uh, because we have an aging population, not only psychiatric patients, but those that are, um, uh, geriatric patients with with Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia, is that something you deal with at your facility or is that?
0: Yes, or We actually have a senior unit that is dedicated to the older population. Um, and yes, we do get a lot of uh, referrals of people who are uh, on set new. Um, it could be just a, 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 a recent increase in confusion you know, and they get sent us to be evaluated and then we stabilize them and move them on to the next step.
1: Okay. And do you have any sort of long-term care facility in your, uh, your facility or is that generally no. into a memory care facility as well?
0: No, sir. We are acute care only. We are station only. Um,
1: One question I always like to ask, and uh, it's probably a, a may, maybe a little bit silly, but it's a good exercise. If you had a magic wand and somebody said, "Tabitha, take that magic wand and change anything you could in the mental health care f- area of of your your life," what what would that be?
0: Um, it would definitely. I would change the stigmatism. Um, I would definitely uh, change the way mental health uh, patients are looked at and how well and how they're judged. Um, uh because then I think that more people would seek help if, if we would treat our mental our mental health because everyone has to treat their mental health but if we would treat our mental health the way we treat our cardiac health and our respiratory health and um I think that the world would be a much better place
1: so if we had a big sign that says help wipe out cancer or mental health issues the way they're doing cancer and and, and that kind of resource it, it would be uh, a lot better for the general population I think i think that that stigma that, that is that is affected or that that goes along with mental health issues is something that that people are very reluctant to deal with i notice it with um, returning veterans uh, ptsd and some of those problems as well and i think that uh, you're right if we could erase that that stigma from from some of those people uh, and some of those patients it would really ease their reluctance to seek care and and treatment um you mentioned that you were raised in a Catholic family. How much does your faith, on a regular basis, play uh, in in the way you approach your job?
0: Um, every day, every day I remind. Every day I thank God for His grace and His mercy, um, because by the grace of God, there goes I. Oh. Um, so when patients tell me I don't understand. Um, because I get to go home, I jokingly say, "But I come back every day on my own for a reason, you know." What I'm so obviously, I need to be here. Um, I actually own a very small jewelry business, handmade jewelry business that I named by the grace. Oh, very good.
1: Okay. Because by the grace of God, there goes I. There go we all, indeed, indeed. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna close in, in, in just a moment. We have about a, a little over a minute left. And, um, and I'd, I'd like to uh, have you, if you can, uh, tell us how you can, people can t- contact you or to find or your, your facility or how they can seek services to try to, try to ease that stigma. Is there a, uh, someone they can contact or a place that they can contact and call?
0: Um, they can always call nomni National Alliance for Mental Illness, and they can find uh, the number and any chapter online. Um, they can, At any time that someone is in crisis or feel like they need help, they can just walk through the front doors of a behavioral health hospital, and whether they can pay or not, we are obligated to evaluate, and if they need uh, uh, services like inpatient, we have to um, admit them whether they can pay or not. We follow a law called the Mtala law which means that we can't turn people away because they can't pay. Um, And I wish more people would realize that because then I think more would seek help. And those
1: who are really in a crisis situation can fall, as we mentioned earlier, law enforcement deputies like the, you know, in in their county, probably their county county sheriff.
0: Yes, sir, absolutely.
1: Well, good, thank you very much, Tabitha, for joining us uh, here on Engaging Truth. I'd like to take just a moment to close with prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of healing you provide your people through the skill of those in the medical profession. We ask that you would continue to guide their hands and their hearts as they offer hope and healing to your people. Bless them and their contribution to overall good of our society and uh, be with all those who preach, teach, heal, serve, and protect. And we ask this all in Jesus' name, amen. Tabitha, amen. thank you uh, Thank you again for being our guests Uh, We urge our listeners to join us again next week on Engaging Truth. And thank you all very much for joining us. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life
0: Ministries. Thank you.